Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, EndoDecoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, EndoAligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, EndoDNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind, created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey everybody, huge news. It's another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. We have a lot to cover this week. It's pretty big. There's some big news out of Illinois. Uh, and not only that, there's big news out of New York, the Senate with uh, Chuck Schumer. And then also the IRS is going to be in our How to Cannabis segment at the end. Uh, so let's get into it. First, this show is brought to you by Collateral Base, helping your business navigate the complex cannabis industry. Go ahead and check them out. And now let's do something that you have to be 21 plus to get into. Talk about the legal cannabis industry. What's up? Wednesday, it's another cannabis legalization news rundown. Miggy, how was your week? Good, and, and thank you for the people who noticed that we weren't there Sunday. Like, we just took yeah. the day off for the moms, and uh, thanks for noticing that uh, whatever pre-roll show that came out was day was not a live one. And, uh, you know, happy late Mother's Day to everybody, and hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, I hope everybody's doing well. You know, like, shares, and subscribes, of course. Uh, and then let's get into our first story of the week. It's a pretty big one. Um, you know, yeah. go ahead, maybe let's let's roll this one up and I'll roll up some weed. Got you. Schumer says he's discussed marijuana bill with six Republicans in speech at NYC legalization rally. Uh, so thank you, marijuana moment, for your uh, always on the go reporting. Yeah, they're uh, looking for new money. So if you haven't supported marijuana moment yet, consider joining their Patreon marijuana moment. Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll have Tom Angle on here, but um, he's quite busy. You know, tracking thousands of bills to legalize cannabis and also cyclobin. So the second year in a row, the leader participated in New York cannabis parade and rally. They didn't have one here in Washington State, I'm sad to say. Um, also making appearances with the House Judiciary Committee, uh, Jared Nadler, whose bill to federally legalized marijuana passed the full chamber last month. You know, I just really wish he would just get off his ass and just do it. You know, give it a chance. You know, the more act, you know, why are you talking to Republicans right now? Why is he even like pandering? Like, there's a bill. Pull, pull the more act out. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. You're going to, you know, pony up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
Why? Uh, what's what's wrong with? It? But it's 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 indicating bipartisan support that he's reaching out to these six uh, senators, or they actually just said six Republicans about Republicans, his speech yeah. that he had uh, in New York. So it may did he even name the six? No. no. And I want to know though, like, did he talk about what the Kaka bill, or did he talk about actual like the Moore Act? And like, hey, if I put this on the floor, no, he talked about the Kaka bill. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's his particular bill. I'm sure that he's trying to get out from there. And he did. We have a quote from uh, Chuck Schumer, by the way. Uh, I have invited every U.S. senator, every Democrat, every Republican to come meet with us and tell us why they won't support the bill or whether they will. And I'm making good progress. I've already met with six Republicans so we can get 10 and we can get the 60 votes we need on the floor of the Senate to pass legislation that is so important. Uh, meanwhile, people are being armed, uh, well, armed robbery, and maybe even injured or killed uh, while they're working that dispensary because of the huge theft risk that comes from having an industry that deals in cash and cash equivalents, meaning cannabis. But, you know, it's just, just frustrating, frustrating because while the Republicans are busy creating the handmaid's tale, you know, these guys have a perfect opportunity, the, the Democrats, to, like, legalize weed, to get this shit and, and make it better for everybody. It doesn't matter what party you are. The MORE Act, you know, descheduling it, I think that's 90% of what we need, like, to, to for progress, to, to get the ball rolling for the actual industry, right? Because what we see now is just a bunch of... Well, we, how many states are legal? 30? So what? I, I don't oh, know. The, the number of states that are medically legal is 37 or 38, and the ones that are adult use is like 18 or 19. And how many and I'm usually off by about one. But, you know, hey, if you're off by about one, too, welcome to cannabis legalization. This. But, like, how many MSOs, though? Like, how many monopolies are going on right now because descheduling hasn't happened? Because Or limited licenses, you know, yes. uh, limited licenses. Uh, putting the price up. So all those good people that call me from Mississippi, and you should, or Virginia, um, Georgia sometimes, poor Georgia, uh, all those states that have these licensing structures where it's exceedingly limited and the barrier to entry is in the high millions, you know, like the tens of millions, uh, that is not doing any favors for this industry, for the mom and pop entrepreneurs that want to get started with less than 100 plants. Um, and then the dispensary aspect of it, you know, maybe a lot of those security uh, protocols that we need uh, would be less essential if the Safe Banking Act would pass. And so yeah. there wasn't just cash on hand, cash or weed and both on hand at these dispensaries. There would be still some weed, uh, some cash and, of course, weed, but um, the amounts of cash would go down substantially. There wouldn't be targets. Uh, Washington State had 50 armed robberies in the beginning of the year already. So. You know, 50 out of how many Pashas, but you know, this the Morak's not perfect, the Kaka bill is not perfect. None of these things are going to be perfect. But the fact is, we have one halfway through. It's like, why, why are we betting on another horse? Can we just get through this race first? You know, this this one thing that it's so hard the judiciary process. It's it, it hell, it's taken 50 years to get to this point for the the, the, the future of like Republican shit, like the, the their agenda, let alone legalization. Let, let alone something that's going to be for the betterment of all, for all Americans, like equally. This is so frustrating to see be stagnant. Yep, it really is. It really is. Uh, but, you know, what can you do? Uh, yeah, bitch about it on Canvas Legalization News.
that's what you can't do, man. That's what you came for. You came for us to talk about the federal news. And so we're talking about it. Chuck Schumer's trying to get those 10 um, uh, Republicans on board so he can bring it up to the floor and then pass it and uh, have a, a veto-proof majority. Will he do it? I don't know. And again, there's already a bill halfway there. He just needs to put the other one on the floor. You're the leader, bro. I got, there's nothing more to say after that. You're, you are literally the one that's like you're the McConnell of your party, holding everybody back because you don't want to there see is. another, yeah, bullshit. Well, so we also, well, we have we, we have possibilities for this year too, right? What's that? Oh, that's uh, a, that's another story. Is that up yeah. in our story or is this next uh, one, something right? else? No, Let's hit up the next one and talk about this. Should it be trending? Sure, let's do some trending. Wait, wait, wait. So quiet. MJ Biz Daily. A few states could still legalize marijuana through legislatures this year. So I didn't see what states it was, though. We got... uh, Remain this year, legalized medical recreational marijuana through legislation, but other efforts have faltered. So we're looking at Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, uh, Delaware, North Carolina, uh, South Carolina. Wow. Kansas, Minnesota, New Hampshire. Then uh, I think Minnesota has recreation already. So uh, this doesn't be sure to watch this to see how many more states knock out across that barrier between recreational and medical. Right. Delaware is going to go for recreational. Uh, Kansas and North Carolina are all both medical and strong chances of passing. So, you know, good luck to you guys. And then again, these are just things that are going to happen no matter what. The toothpaste has been out of the tube (laughs) for way too long. Way too long. There's no... So, like, the the original purpose of the law was to hinder a certain category of citizens. And now it's affecting everybody because people realize this goddamn plant is is for the human. Like, hey, we're people. That's how that works. You know, not machines. We all have endocannabinoid systems, just like the nervous system. I... It's just sad that this is what prohibition does. It has hurt us more than it has uh, made us better. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing some uh, pro formas there, buddy? You working on some? No. Uh, uh, the person who does the cannabis uh, overlay screwed up, and he didn't put it in the uh, Slack channel, and now we're live. Uh, and then I'm trying to get this thing downloaded off the Slack channel so we can have our name that strain. Yeah. No, I tell you, like some people just they just want to get fired. So expected to pass this year. We got Rhode Island for recreational. Uh, you probably have some. And once these go recreational, is that what you're going to start pinging them for? Like, hey, licenses and stuff. Or are you going to have packets ahead of time? How are you going to be doing that? Uh, well, you know, it's it's we're still closed, and I've been like, interviewing people, but um, trying to find people that are good in the industry is is tough, especially you know when you're remote. And so mm. I don't know, like when a license state comes up, I read the license and I create content. And then I've been doing enough work that I've tried to train people to do that for me. And it's just uh, running a business is hard, you know, trying to find yeah. good employees is hard. No, I feel you. I mean, especially you are an entrepreneur. So uh, back to this Rhode Island bill, though, uh, some dis- business details. 60 plus existing medical cannabis cultivators would control the market for at least the first two years. Another monopoly. Uh, the legislative measures are envisioned 24 retail licenses with six going to social equity applicants. But I'm confused then. So after the two years, I guess this is when that part takes place for applicants. So 
Um, yeah, let's see what the next thing is. Uh, Delaware recreational possible passes this year. Delaware would be a nice place to smoke weed. Uh, what they got going for business details uh, would permit 30 retail store licenses, including 15 for social equity applicants, 30 processor licenses, including 10 for equity applicants. All right, so they're, they're setting aside uh, licenses for equity applicants. So, hey, we got a rest in Delaware. Check it out. Yep, uh, until a lawyer like me sues pursuant to the Dormant Commerce Clause and gets all those <laughs> um, social equity licenses that are created because of um, residency kicked. Well, and I wondered, though, if, if the requirement for like any of these states, when they, when they say social equity, you know, the hot word, the buzzword that gets everybody all triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said it before where it has to be defined in the law, right? You have to define who this person is, the social equity person is. And it's always going to come down to an arrest. But I wonder if that arrest is something that happened in that state or does it have to be in the nation, right? Because a lot of people can't say, be in that state. If it's in that state, you have a dormant commerce clause problem because then it's one state preferencing its own uh, citizens yeah. at the expense of others. So like New Jersey does a great job of having an unconstitutional constitutional uh, social equity program where the qualifying arrest and conviction can happen anywhere. But if you were a longtime resident of a particular jurisdiction, it has to have been in New Jersey in a particular uh, zip code. And that means that uh, an out-of-state resident can't get the license and they could bring a dormant commerce clause action. Yeah, because all my arrests happen in California. So that would be something that would have to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Worth watching is Pennsylvania. Uh, I wonder if they have that is definitely worth watching for recreational. You know how we talked about the that one uh, uh, senator and uh, I. Hopefully, this is the bill where they had that craft grow uh, tiered licensing. I literally like that, so you can do a home grill if you want to get involved into the recreational market, which is, God forbid, enables citizens to make money and flourish. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a great way to do it. Yeah, there's that, but then uh, it's really kind of like cottage industry regulations and so uh, making food in your kitchen and selling them at farmers markets Uh, that has happened in many jurisdictions Um, I don't know how long it's going to take before weeds like that I mean I saw some news out of California about how they may start allowing farmers markets for cannabis uh, in the near future but you know it's it's regulation man it's crazy it's not just regulation. We still like it's a freaking agriculture product, but somehow people can't wrap their heads around because they're getting rejected in the recent um, uh, California farmers for the the drought. Right? There's a lot of this uh, subsidies for for water for the farms. None of the cannabis people are getting that. None. Nope. So they are recognized for their money <laughs> that they bring in, but they're not recognized for it just being the goddamn agriculture product. All right. Well, there are some that are possible and some that are little chance and some that are expected and some that are worth watching. If you go to this MJ Biz Daily, shout out to them, their article. Uh, It really appears, though, that I mean, if you're putting North Carolina, South Carolina and Kansas in possible. No, they're not. Uh, Maybe Kansas. But I thought North and South Carolina and I had read some news out of marijuana moment that both of their bills have now died. Uh, New Hampshire, that's too bad uh, that they haven't gotten their act together. And Minnesota, um, you know, it's it is frustrating. Minnesota's medical market is almost as bad as the one on the East Coast and how Illinois was prior to uh, its legalization. But these states, hopefully Pennsylvania, the problem with Pennsylvania is similar to the problem with like Wisconsin uh, in the sense and, and Michigan as well. But Michigan 
evidently more uh, free enterprise Republicans there. Um, so when you have redistricting in state legislatures, even though you have a swing state that's about 50-50, uh, the redistricting can you know, move the needle on it by quite a, minute, a bit. I mean, like Wisconsin, they will sometimes vote for uh, the Republicans, sometimes vote for the Democrat for president, but they're because uh, they're about a 50-50, you know, 49, 51, somewhere in there. However, their legislature is two-thirds Republican because they have gerrymandered the shit out of that uh, state. Yeah, well, that's the majority of these uh, states right now. They're gerrymandering just to, to, to stay alive, to stay relevant, which is kind of sad because it just seems like if – and it happens in either party, right? They're constantly trying to rig the game so they can always just stay in power or whatever. That's the end game is power. But uh, when it comes to legalization, though, you know, if this – Water twin powers fucking activate. Yeah, <laughs> get your shit together. Seriously. All right. No, uh, but then that's that's something with stocks because like yeah, uh, everything's sold off. The stock market's you know in a bear market. And, uh, recession's probably going to be here in another three six months. Uh, but the um, you know well marijuana stocks are down like sixty six percent. So let's do a, a yeah. stock bumper and talk. Yeah. Do you have the cannabis stock news up, though? I do. Economic, Economic challenge makes dead U.S. marijuana stock woes. Yes. Cool. Show the chart, Miggy. Yes. This is also out of Jeff Smith. He is all over the place in today's episode. Economic challenges may extend United States marijuana stock woes. Uh, if you look at the S&P 500 versus the MSOS, that is the uh, ETF. That is an exchange-traded fund for mm. the publicly traded, quote-unquote, publicly traded uh, cannabis companies in the United States, you can see that uh, marijuana stocks are down 70% since February of 2021. Uh, but the S&P 500 is up ever so slightly. Uh, you know, it's it just goes to show that uh, I guess nobody wants to buy the MSOS or nobody wants the publicly traded cannabis companies, you know? Well, until it becomes very legal. But I think, you know, this also goes to show that you don't put pot stocks in your retirement you don't plan on it to to to, to say this is going to be my my my, my bitcoin because that's only going to happen after federal legalization and even then hopefully those msos they'll till raise just because right now it's, it's it's a monopoly so after you have to do fair capitalism and compete with with good product at low price points uh i don't know who's going to be the who's doing it now the right way that's the question right i don't know right yeah, no, it's uh, it's tough out there. I mean, if you're trying to raise money in the cannabis space, uh, a variety of economic factors are exacerbating this negative market sentiment. You know, you have a slowdown in revenue uh, in key marijuana markets. Uh, still waiting for uh, New Jersey and New Jersey's open now. They are selling. But is New York starting to sell yet? No, they are not. Uh, that would also help. Uh, another doubling the number of dispensaries in the state of Illinois, uh, that would help because then you have more available locations uh, and lowering the price as well. That would also help. Uh, mm. Let's see, rising inflation. People have less money in their pocket because they're putting it in their uh, gas tank and then uh, or in the grocery store because everything has gone up. Tight capital. That's obvious. Uh, recession fears. You also got that. And uh, the war in Ukraine has jammed up mainstream cannabis industry supply chains. So it is um, a yeah. perfect storm of forces, which means we might be getting near a bottom. So you may want to consider um, dabbling in there, not necessarily going super long, but buying a couple of shares and watching it. 
Well, I mean, it'd definitely be a good point. Like now, if you're gonna like have a thousand dollars and put it aside and, and not look at it again, yeah, go buy a bunch of the sixteen dollars stock. But and again, it's not the long run, right? You can put that thousand dollars in Tilray, and then Tilray up and ends next month. We don't know still, like how these people are operating properly in the behind the scenes because there is no real transparency in any of these uh, big corporate MSO stuff, right? There's some. Right, I know in Washington State, there's been a couple of local companies that become MSOs, and those are the ones that like are making money hand over fist because they're doing business slowly. They're not trying to jump into in the ocean with a big boat. They're they're they slowly got out there and then built as they've been going along, you know, reinvesting in themselves. That's the ones who are making money, not these big ass MSOs. But and again, yeah. it, it's we're it's like you were saying the Amazon and the where they bleed all the way until the end. So they got to keep bleeding until better legalization is going to happen. Mm, right. Yeah, it's it's one of those deals where, what are you going to do? You know, there's a lot of stuff in life that's beyond your control, and especially in legalization. You know, we can do our best to put the word out there and to try to change hearts and minds and also laws. But there's an army of people that are out there doing it. And I think they would have done it by now if there wasn't... Um, complete suppression of of the industry and the movement by uh google algorithms and by oh, yeah. facebook algorithms and yeah i mean the, the internet has done a lot to propel the the, the, the legalization argument right before there was the suppression as far as like hey, 420 take a break 420 everywhere somebody That 420 Somewhere segment was brought to you by Collateral Base. Uh, we are fast at work behind the scenes uh, getting our, our new staging areas set up and, and our new systems all put into place. Uh, we have some more automations that we've built in, and we are ready to get open for business again. Uh, and it's just it's almost as busy uh, when I am open for business as when the, the company is closed. Uh, and so it's one of those deals where, uh, good. Thank you uh, for, for wanting our, our uh, help. But at the same time, uh, just a second, just a second, we're trying to build something here uh, and, and we'll be open in a minute. But uh, we'll have a great webinar uh, releasing everything uh, when they're ready. I just do you remember because you're from Seattle and you're you know, my age or you know, my, my age bracket, uh, the Windows 1995 tech demo fail? Uh, no. All right. Well, I kind of do, when it, you know, or, or any demo fails, like where Steve Jobs would be giving like a presentation, just goes completely off the rails. It doesn't the stuff doesn't work, you know? Well, I mean, that happens all the time. Like, I know you're referencing an older one, but I can tell you one because, you know, I work in the tech industry and I legit watched uh, uh, a Microsoft presentation for the uh, Bing in the beginning a long time ago, which is only I mean, we're, we're still talking like six years ago, uh, but the guy had to use Google. Yeah, like, hold on. He pulled up Google still on the, like, the last thing you want to do is bring up the competitor search engine, but yet, because your shit froze. So, yeah, I mean, this shit happens, and then, you know, yeah. you're going to get through this. It's so weird that the automation is, is a good part of your market, and I'm glad that you're getting these people and helping people along the way, getting a business who are just, it's all of it's a gamble no matter what, right? Whether you open a restaurant or you open up a weed store, you're going to, there's know, risk. There's yeah. the market risk. Now you open up a imagine if you opened up a restaurant in December of 2019. What could oh, go wrong? Fuck. You know? <laughs> well, you my buddy, 
yeah. was that he's an event guy. Like he was about to have the the best mm-hmm. event of his life. Uh, he was about to host a big hip hop show at the Hard Rock Cafe. He had a great headliner and then a couple great uh, sub show, you know, performers, opening acts, and then uh, yeah, pandemic hit. The show kept getting put off, put off, and I was like, dude. We got put off by a month now. Just, just to face it, we're gonna we're gonna be buckling down for a while. <laughs> I mean, two years later, what do you mean the case loads up again? Uh, oh well, at least the the point is never learn your lesson. That's the point. Yeah. You, well, you just don't know, but all you can do is try. You don't want to be at a point where you're like, "What if?" Right? Like, you know, sometimes Did you want to live your whole life and not take that shot. You know, I mean, unless you're happy where you're at. I mean, if you're happy what you're doing, that then, then do that. But if you want to take the next level, go to the next step, do the next thing, you have to invest in yourself, whether it be time and whether it be the money to, to learn about the things that you want to learn about, period. Uh, but we got some international news. Hey, let's hit an international bumper and talk about something. All right. Good. Argentina makes medical cannabis reform a national priority. I thought it said nice. party when I first saw this. <laughs> That's it's like it, man. Argentina's gonna be lit. Argentina is a fun time right about now. And you know, it's not just the German lawmakers that are uh, deciding that cannabis reform needs to go front and center to the top of the political agenda. Argentina has an agreement between the ruling party and the opposition that will now put medical cannabis reform on their docket. That's fantastic. So they call yes. it the Chamber of Deputies down there in um, Argentina's uh, government. And so that must be like one of our, uh, what do they call it, committees that we have here as opposed to chambers. Hmm. And they've only met once this year and they met to discuss uh, cannabis reform. And they do. And the bill on the table includes regulations to create a framework for the development of medical cannabis and industrial hemp industry. So they don't even wow. have an industrial hemp industry in Argentina. That's going to be so much money for them if they can figure out how to do the exporting part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it would be fun. You know, I would I would like to see some Argentinian weed. Why not? They have wine. And so if they have wine areas, they probably have areas that can grow very high-quality cannabis as well. Well, again, you talked about terroirs, so I'm definitely going to have some pretty awesome weed. I imagine some land races are probably from down south, too. Yeah, land races, those are interesting. Those are really interesting. How did it get on both continents or all, all over the country, the world? But then same question for people, right? Or better yet, you're just like, is this weed the same weed they smoked 2,000 years ago? Or it's the same water they drank 2,000 years ago. This is some ancient stuff right here. And fish pee. Mm. Hopefully they filtered that out. <laughs> we got some uh, Mississippi news. Is that what's next? Oh, let's see. Do we got a bumper oh, on trending. the whole- we have a trending bumper for this whole Mississippi thing. Yeah, we're going to update Mississippi here real quick. You got the bumper to hit? Miggy and Tom are here with some cannabis legalization news out of Mississippi. Uh, many cities and municipalities and counties have opted out of medical cannabis. Being reported by MJ Biz Daily. All right. Well, go figure, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nearly four dozen Mississippi municipalities and counties have opted out of the state's new medical marijuana program with a deadline for doing so in only a few days. Uh, the Biloxi Sun Herald has said that at least 28 cities and 16 counties have decided to opt out before the May 10th deadline. And so they must uh, choose to opt out out of all MMJ operations. Of course, MMJ is acronym for medical marijuana. 
the 2022 fact book that is an advertisement for mj biz no big deal on that we've had their uh former i'm maybe he's still the ceo they they sold to a different media conglomerate yeah, for a shit ton of money uh there's no state cap on licensing that is fantastic of course that uh, may also not be the case like what happens if uh, governor tate says we're only going to issue this many well for this round it'll be a new round after this many applications open in june uh applications are supposed to open in june so far though but i've been like scouring this one and we just keep waiting for regulations so right. right now they still have just the same ones testing advertising marketing and work permits there's still not been any updates. And so everybody that calls me from Mississippi is like, have you seen that? I'm like, yeah, I've seen that. Ah, and so that, that we both are like, ah, I can't believe it. Like, why Why are they just not? And then it's like, but Governor Tate Reeves, you're like, oh, all right, he hates stuff. Well, that and they, they need to just give him a cocktail party. Just get them all drunk and just say, all right, let's make rules. Well, no, <laughs> you, need to, you need to give the governor a fundraiser. That's what you need. Uh, cocktails, they love cocktails uh, almost as much as they like hearing their own name and fundraisers on awards uh, so that's one of the things but yeah I, I i hope that i've subscribed to their email updates and you know if you haven't subscribed to ours you can over at cannabisindustrylawyer.com or you can go over to cannabislegalizationnews.com and sign up for our emails one just went out today we send them on wednesdays and sundays that's when we send the emails guarantee they change a the note though once they start seeing other people make money you know like uh mississippi such a poor uh, state and there's no industry and no um, there's uh, I was in Biloxi for the military and there's only bases and like lost hopes in Mississippi <laughs> you know like a casino in Biloxi like there's not anything but I can imagine it's a beautiful place though great barbecue just ain't shit the way you make money like there's no yeah uh, yep well it could be an open vibrant uh, New Mexico or Oklahoma-esque uh, licensing structure. And then we could have, you know, like a civil war between the open states and the limited market states. Where have we heard this before? Oh, right, history. But it was much worse back then. At least now it's it's about how to legalize it as opposed to what it was about back then. That was just despicable. Yeah, well, still, it's, it's, it, still it's one of the things that's hurting our, our nation, our people, is, is prohibition, right? It's this... Mm-hmm bullshit rule that's been done more harm than good <laughs> yes uh to doing more harm than good or as the um cheers yeah that that one cheers was from the simpsons gentlemen to evil you know i can't remember who was doing the oh cheers God, thing. Yes. it may have been the republican uh party but uh you know the simpsons like to make fun of them uh, mercilessly simpsons are witches they can talk the future they can they can Let's go back to the old show notes to see what else is going on. We haven't gotten to uh, several of the things. Let's see. We stream. Oh, we did fix the name that strain, Kerfluffle. And so we can now play uh, the name that strain so very, very well. The, the game that we've all come to enjoy from the Cannabis Legalization News Podcast. Just a second. We'll be right what back. Up? Isn't that a pretty strain? It's strain uh, uh, is pretty. Uh, it, I bet it, it may have. I'm not, I've never had this strain that I am aware of. Uh, that's one of the problems with strains. Uh, unless you're going to, no, you, you well, need a regular market, but then you need access to the strains. And there's thousands of strains, you know? That's a pretty, well, so that's a regional one, but it's also like 
a big regional one that people have picked up and taken to out of state. Like I know, I have smoked that going through that place. It was pretty cool. I felt very right. meta. Flip, yeah, that, yeah, it's named after a location, but then like I've also seen, um, yeah, that's that, I figured it, it looked sweet because of how purple it is, and then it's got a lot of um, stigma and pistol. No, no, stigma's not the. Not pistols. Some some little uh, sugar leaves are still on there, but they've been trimmed back pretty well. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's been all beat up. So, like, the pistols are still intact on the nugget itself. Pretty frosty. Uh, and, yeah, it's – let's see oh, here. Almost. Indica. We got it? No, almost. So, that's um, also close cool. to where the Ganji Air program's at. Yeah, the, yeah, it is. Here. And it's close to there, but it's it, one county over, I'd say. They also make wine in the so the, the first name of it is an abbreviation of a county in California. There you go. There you go. That's a hint. It's a really good smoke, though. I, I, I can testify that it's a very enjoyable, very good. Um, high, good high, it's a good high. not a bad high, a good one. You know, the bad ones, oof, screw those, but the good ones. Yeah. Oh, good so one. close! Oh, so close. Highly elevated is so darn close on that one. So flipping close. It is not the the, the perps or the pumps, uh, but you got the first word right. It's a partial credit. Partial credit, dude. Uh, for more partial credit, head on over to facebook.com backslash free THC. You might have to actually type it in there because if you search marijuana on Facebook, surprise, surprise, nothing comes up. Did you know that? Uh, let alone our page. Yeah. But that's where he likes to share his dank memes. And Highly Elevated ups his ante to Mendo Breath. Shout out to him. Uh, that's right. That's Mendo Breath. Uh, Miggy, you want to read about the uh, the strain? Yeah, let me uh, pull it up. <laughs> no, I got it. Mendo Breath is an indica marijuana strain made by crossing OGKB with Mendo Montage. Uh, the strain produces a euphoric eye with body effects that help relieve pain and discomfort. Mendo Breath smells like sweet vanilla and caramel. While it may be tempting to smoke the strain during the day, it's important to stay for after work or before bed. It may be sedating. Uh, growers say Mendo Breath comes in dense, frosty buds and has an average flowering time of eight weeks. Pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. And then we have a pretty interesting weed history uh, on tap for you guys all today. So why don't you settle yeah. back in and... Let's make sure that we have the uh, displays on this one, because sometimes the historical um, pieces, they don't have the, the more sophisticated, responsive web design uh, site <laughs> that other ones do. So it creates like a good user experience. Uh, and, and let's see here, I'm going to hit accept to their privacy policy because I haven't been to this site before. And then we'll just take that off over to the bands. Hey, Miggy, what do you know about weed history when it comes to, like, you know, ancient Egypt? Absolutely nothing. But according to this article in Kenema. Absolutely nothing, you say. 
Well, you know what? Let's uh, educate ourselves after I get rid of these interstitial pop-ups. And uh, there you go. Uh, Ancient Egypt's rich history of medical cannabis brought to you by the Kenigma, the website that has all the ads going. Uh, and so Thomas Wong has written this one. Uh, in Egypt, we think that medical cannabis use goes back for millennia. Now, for any of you who was born after the year 2000, that basically means thousand in Latin. Oh man, and I guarantee you, you we we found it. You know, uh, it's denoiding oil. You know, it's it's been mm-hmm. around for thousands of years. This this plant mm-hmm. that, I mean, in, in sailors, you you know, used it in their sails and paper and, uh, yep. yeah. So uh, what did the Egypts use it for? Well, there it goes. The Egyptians exemplified a truly holistic use of the plant, and even possibly cannabis. Egyptian hieroglyphs called it Shemshebet before popular. Before that, and it became popular before the great pyramids were even constructed. So the the human beings have been using semshemet for many many years, for millennia, for example. And then uh, Egypt's historical use of semshemet appears twofold. Uh, it was once a hand, a hemp that may have been used for fiber or textile, and then on the other hand, uh, more psychoactive that may have been used medicinally, like for example, hash. You know, it's just amazing how we've deterred from our our inner man. Right, inner, you know, like just away, like we're so supposedly sophisticated now, and uh, I want to say educated and uh, tech savvy, but yet we diverted from this natural plant that has given us so much clothing, uh, you know, anti inflammatory qualities, uh, a good Friday night. <laughs> There's just so much good about this damn plant. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Cannabis salves, salves, salves. Yeah, yeah. You know what I like sometimes? A hey. silent L. I was just like a good silent L every now and then. You can't even hear it. Salve it's is a very effed up word. Salves. Salves. Yeah. Salves or salves. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go get an etymologist behind this. Uh, but go. 2000 BCE, that is, I believe, four thousand years ago. They used salves uh, for eye sores and glaucoma they even have uh, formulas for feminine health i did not know that yeah so uh formula number 821 shim shimit was to be grounded honey introduced in her vagina Ooh. to cool the wow. uterus and eliminate <laughs> ah you need to they have they have all the ads they have all the ads so yeah, well, we've gotten far enough into this see this is the type of content that you should write because this type of content is what we call sticky and then people go to it and then they learn more because they're nerding out about formula number 821 of Shem Shemet. Uh, go ahead, uh, Miggy, what's in that? It's a quarter of uh, honey, quarter of okra, or no, 164th of okra, uh, 132th of uh, cannabis, uh, another, uh, I wonder if it's 132th, Hedgehog uh, Resin, 132nd, Ibu Plant, and prepare as for the proceeding and dress the affected area. So apparently, like, it's supposed to cool the vagina, though. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Why well, is it hot? Maybe, uh, maybe it was inflamed. Oh, and so the, the Berlin Papyri, yeah. which is a newer scroll, uh, points towards the evolution of cannabis as medicine, and it wasn't just good for eye problems, feminine issues, or inflamed extremities, but it could be used to treat fever and inflammation too. Papyri 81st formula shows that cannabis was prescribed as an ointment to prepare for driving away fever. Today, mm. modern medicine has the same types of things with anti-inflammatory medicines, for example, Tylenol or Advil or Aleve, you know, naproxen sodium. You have a fever, what do you do? Well, you take 
some anti-inflammatories. Uh, and according to the Berlin papyri, a scroll found in Egypt on and around uh, 3,300 years ago, they were using Shemshemet. But I love the I love the history of cannabis, you know, where you could just look at it and you go, how come most people don't know this? Because it's illegal. Don't talk about it. Seriously, it's a very well searched out article. I have to give them props. You know, a lot of times historical shit's boring. But uh, uh it's a very well researched and thought out article, so I encourage you to read it if you're in the history. Um, yep. And then if you also like interstitial ads or uh, videos that automatically start playing while you're learning <laughs> your stuff, you're going to love the Kenigma.com. Well, the pop-up blocker wasn't, yeah, mine was doing its job. So I think you uh, I'm not sure if the- my pop-up blocker is on because we do a lot of uh, development. And so there's a lot of interstitials yeah. that you don't want to be blocked. Uh, you want those to come up and then you save or go through them and are you testing them? Good stuff. I feel it. You have to keep it on the practical purposes, whereas I'm like, eh. Well, you know, it's just just out there working. And uh, speaking of working, we really enjoy all the people tuning in. You know, our members and, and the people that download the podcast, remember to take us with you in your cars so that you can stay on top of Shem Shemet and, and Papyri uh, 81, you know. Yeah, right, and weed. And so, uh, but we have some, uh, some news, which isn't shit that I wasn't expecting. Uh, it's stuff that is kind of uh, to be expected uh, and we're going to get to that because we're also going to be starting to back this up on a new channel that we'll talk about here in just a minute hey mickey you know what i wasn't expecting what's that I was not expecting cannabis YouTuber Chrissy Harless's channel to be deleted without explanation. She's got 46,000 subscribers. Ouch. That's like more subscribers than we have by oh, a lot, by like over 10,000. And our subscriber count has really slowed down, I've noticed. It's like they're watching you. But at the same time, maybe not. Uh, however, then why was she just recently axed at 46,000 uh, without a, for violating community guidelines? Always comply with the community guidelines because we're only trying to educate and inform and and uh, to fix a very important thing that has happened in in the world this plant was made into a crime well even that to, was wrong yeah but even to entertain like i mean i don't know what she was doing and i and i don't know how oh she's um, one of those box openers oh so it's horrible so but even like with like dopajolo you know he's got a million subscribers right and yeah. that's why it's like you deleted him yeah, they deleted him. They, they gave him back eventually. But, you know, what, how do you get around something? Every time we don't consume, we get flagged for 18 plus. I, I don't. I wouldn't mind doing consumption videos. But then again, it's not a big deal to me because a consumption video is just like my Tuesday day, my right. Friday night. You know, it's my every day. You know, like it would be just me smoking and talking, right? Yep. But that would get well, flagged. It could be, it could be, but then like you know, Burner's also announced uh, he's got his own CLN, but his stands for yeah. Couchlock Network. We're gonna get a, a trademark guy on and do a show on it. Um, and so, this this YouTuber, uh, you know, in an interview on April fifth with WeedTube founder Arnold Richard, uh, you see, all these WeedTubers are people who in two thousand eighteen got banned, and so now they're over there. 
Uh, we're going to be uh, uploading our show over there. Uh, Lauren from the, the show last year, uh, she created an account and, and never used it. And so, you know, now we'll, we'll start using it and backing the show up. And so you know, check us out on Weed2. And then for the clips, we're going to have clips on our backup channel. And so it'll be a clip channel just in case one day you wake up. We're not there. It happens. Well, it let's is. see. Let's talk about the hypocrisy, though, real quick. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. YouTube is able to promote gambling ads online, pharmaceutical ads online, alcohol. Mm -hmm. YouTube is able to accept money from those advertisers to promote their ads. They're all regulated industries as well, but the content creator isn't allowed to do the same. I don't even glorify it. I don't overconsume. It's all educational. Usually mm -hmm. consists of reviews and unboxing videos for cannabis-related products. Uh, there you go. It's the double standard, and it all arises from none of those things are Schedule One drugs. And Cute. cannabis is for I'm no good reason at all. Oh, yeah. But, you know, if we were a channel where we were doing keg stands and, you know, showing people how to do shotguns and, you know, off a of beer and uh, doing shots and all the other things that people do when they drink. You know, I I used to get offended by those guys for the cannabis content guys like uh, Custom Grill 420 because his videos were used in a demonstration against uh, medical in the Capitol. And you know, took me a while to get over it, where it's like, these guys really aren't doing any harm. They're 21 and over. If they're active adults doing their own thing, I, you know what? People like to watch stupid shit. You, you do you, boo-boo. But the mm -hmm. fact that YouTube chooses to have this judgment on cannabis, like, you know, the only ones that should be getting flagged are probably 21 and under, and I hate to even draw a line to say at, well, you know, the, the underage use, but then also yeah. the stupid, gratuitous, dangerous use. Those should be flagged, absolutely. But then uh, the content regarding how to obtain a legal license pursuant to your own state's laws and understand why the federal law is complete cow cuckoo wacko bananas, that shouldn't be deleted or, or censored. You should use that to change the law so that you can actually take new advertising revenue from cannabis companies. Yeah. You know, but um, I digress. And then one of the things is uh, this has prompted WeedTube and we got to have them. We're going to have to extend a, an open invite for the WeedTube founders to come on and talk about uh, WeedTube. So that's, I believe, Arned Richard or yeah. uh, A-R-E-N-D. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. Maybe you can tell us. Yeah. So you began a campaign to bring attention to the censorship on Instagram. And I'd say the censorship that's algorithmic, not just Instagram. It's oh, yeah. it's everywhere, you know. No, it's, it's again, it's lazy code because it's taking the safe way out. Like, because it's a federal crime, we're just going to check this little mark and not even worry about people's lives and people getting flagged or even people trying to promote a business that's perfectly legal in their state. No, it's a, it's a federal crime. So it's easier for us just to go, you know, not equals, but greater two than or whatever the case is to heroin or any of these other bullshit drugs out there, right? I better living through chemistry is. You know, an understanding that, like, you know, penicillin's great. Uh, you know, people smoke cigarettes. Uh, everything we take in our body is a thing. And cannabis is just a, another one of those things. It's not even a... And again, it's a big who to do in the end when people realize, like, this plant, this thing, the consumers. It's not the plant that makes people lazy. People are just lazy. It's up to, you know, accountability of the individual, not the goddamn plant. That's right. And when people are just lazy, well... Yeah, I just ban it all. I don't have to think anymore. It's just all illegal. Well, you know that doesn't work, right? Yeah, I don't have to. It's illegal. It won't be done. 
Ha-ha. Yeah. And he's like, oh, gosh, I'm dealing with an idiot. Yeah, but he's the mayor. Oh, Seriously, crap, though. You know? Yeah. Or whoever's, in, you know, the, the business. And, and again, it's the easiest choice of business. That's why my activism has been so easy when people, like, ask you questions about, like, hey, can I uh, uh, smoke weed on, on, a, on an airplane? You're like, no. That's just basic common decency. Like, you just you can't smoke cigarettes. You can't smoke weed. Or, you know, can I take it on the plane? Well, now it gets questionable. Now it gets into, like, what state are you coming from? Uh, the TSA said this, but also they've done this. <laughs> you know, there's still this big gray area around the goddamn planet. Stupid. Yep. Yep. And uh, that is... And now we're going to do a little conclusion here uh, for our uh, broadcast for the middle of May in 2022. And, you know, again, thank you so much. If you guys are a member of the channel, uh, we should, to the extent that we can, uh, answer your questions. So if anybody's in the chat, you know, and sees uh, one of the members ask a question, you know, let us know. Or if you throw some money at us, uh, we don't necessarily always see it. But, you know, then we'll kind of interact and, and answer some questions. Uh, but, you know, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, are we on Twitter? You can follow me at Tom Weedlaw. And so there's that. I don't Twitter very much. But now that it's owned by Elon Musk, maybe. I'll actually learn that algorithm. Haven't yet. Okay. Uh, how do we do this one? I'm going to get this one all set up. We have an example and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so let's uh, let's throw to it, man. Uh, let's see here. It's this one. What's up, everybody? Me, cannabis industry lawyer, here with another How to Can a Biz segment. Uh, you may be with pie in the sky dreams, thinking about how much money your dispensary is going to be making. Oh my gosh, you're going to be so rich. Okay. Well, uh, I don't mean to bring you down to earth, but I do need to clarify one particular provision of the tax code that only really applies to you, Mr. Dispensary owner, much more than if you actually owned any of the other aspects of the supply chain, which would have made the goods, the goods. So, Hey, let's bring Miggy on and then let's talk a little bit about how IRC 280 E uh, works for your cannabis company. I mean, uh, Miggy, as somebody who's on the outside trying to get in, uh, have you ever heard of IRC 280E? Yeah, and I thought that was for anybody that touched a plant that couldn't uh, use it. So you're saying a store owner, someone who has a brick and mortar can use it? Uh, no, no. It's uh, We need to talk a little bit about it. It has to do with when does it become inventory and trafficking? Mm. And when are you making it? into that inventory and so uh, if you're starting with a seed or if you're starting with biomass and then uh, you're going to do some extraction or you're going to do some cultivation well you're creating the good that will be sold and because you're creating the good that will be sold they did not pass irc 280e to prohibit that aspect of the expenses being declared um non-deductible business expenses it's the only legitimate business expense in the illegitimate uh you know contraband material or contraband substance drug uh industry well, so that's that's where it is it's the cost of goods or the cost mm -hmm. of trafficking how about like an example say i'm a, I'm a tomato farmer mm -hmm. right and uh tax season's coming up and filing as a t tomato farmer, I can write off the, the the cost of the goods, right? Like the or the the picks and shovels, maybe the the soil dirt that I that I had to buy for the soil. The, the help workers, the seeds, workers, 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 material. Like, okay, you're gonna do all that. 
Yeah. But what about your your marketing dollars? Can you deduct those? As a tomato farmer, yes, right? No, because you're good. The tomato doesn't need that logo slapped on it oh. that says "Buy Morning Star Tomatoes." That's yeah. a trafficking expense. That's when the uh, expenses that you have become non-deductible, and that's why your uh, marijuana dispensaries, cannabis dispensaries, uh, they are the most heavily taxed because that truly is the trafficking in the substance. Mm. You are literally selling it at a retail location and welcoming people in in a retail transaction. Uh, right. That is the, the definition of trafficking. And as such, you can deduct the costs that you paid for your inventory and maybe your inventory manager because he's doing all the stocking and shelves and stuff. But after that, eh, it's trafficking. Um, and, and there you go. And so, like, if you are a dispensary, Marijuana Moment has a couple of neat things that we're going to discuss here. This is from this is recent. So this isn't just how to can a biz. This is mm -hmm. May 11th, 2022, how to can a biz. And so the IRS provided a hypothetical uh, example to illustrate the distinction uh, of what happens when the, the marijuana retailer, of course, that is the dispensary license, the pot shop that they have in Washington state. And I'm going to just zoom in one more time. And so a marijuana retailer has a gross revenue of a million bucks. Pretty cool. It spent 750 on COGS and incurred another 200 large in business expenses, which are non-deductible per, per section 280E. Assuming a 30% effective tax rate, the marijuana retailer has a federal tax burden of 75,000, 250,000 times taxable income of 0.3. Had the business been allowed to deduct the other 200,000 of business expenses, its tax burden would have been reduced to 15,000. $50,000 of taxable income at 0.3. So uh, you know mm. how, uh, and this might not be something. Now, if you're an entrepreneur watching this, great. Uh, and you have an S-Corp and you probably know this, you can use salaries to soak up profits. And so that's one thing that they'd be able to do then as well, is you can use that salary. And then eventually there becomes a point where you have to justify the reasonableness of the salary. But you don't even want to do that if you own a dispensary. You don't want to do any salaries to yourself. You almost just want to take all of it as a distribution uh, if you can, because you're going to have to pay the taxes first and then you have to deduct everything. And then again, if you were working there and that was your job, shit, you should be getting a salary, right? Those numbers, though, man, so... They made a million dollars profit. They had to put revenue top line. Okay, uh, revenue top line, and then seven hundred fifty is what they had to put into it, right? Yep, that was your inventory. And, and then two hundred was, was what? Two hundred fifty was, or uh, I think it was, I think it was a million seven hundred, and so like it was three hundred thousand dollars worth of profit, and then that gave the um, the taxable aspect. Oh, it was it was seven hundred fifty. So that gave the taxable aspect and then a 30% tax rate. So that 20, 250 times 0.3 is the taxable burden of 75,000. So your taxes aren't twice as high. Well, I'm just they aren't even four times as high. They're five times higher oh, under yeah. this hypothetical that the taxpayeradvocate.irs.gov just did a blog post on May 11th regarding this. Despite ongo uh, operating legally in many states, marijuana-related businesses face significant federal income tax law challenges. And it's just how it is. And there they are. Um, as a national taxpayer advocate, I am voice of all taxpayers of the IRS. <laughs> as such, my office assists many different types of taxpayers resolving problems with the IRS. But on that all first right. one, 
on the back into the, those numbers in a, in a marijuana moment article, the uh, mm-hmm. 750 and then uh, the, the 200 on top of that. So that's 950. So there's 50,000 in profit only. And this yes. seems like a very good business model. I mean, if you're only making 50,000 profit with that kind of money invested. Well, actually, that's a little bit high. I've heard that the average um, profit margin for a dispensary is about 12%. And so that one has it at 20 uh, and this is just another reason. And this is the How to Can a Biz section. So, like, please smash some likes and then check out our playlist, How to Can a Biz. But uh, that has to do with, you know, why it's only that uh, 12%. In the uh, IRS's example here, they have the, the business being 20% profit, you know, because, like, mm. you have a tax burden to 15000 75000 So you have a $75,000 tax burden. And then you have to add the 75 to the 750. So what are you at? 825? Yeah, I mean, that's not 825. And so then the 825 and a million. So where you're at 12.5% exactly. So it's it's a very, uh, I mean, like, yeah, they audit all the dispensaries. They know your numbers. Yes. Uh, and so that's why you can look at it and be like, there you go. 12.5% is what the profit margin is. But nowhere near what it would be if that tax didn't exist, you know? Oh, for sure. Oh, God, no. I mean, again, why is it that a $10 gram, I was able to buy a gram for $10 in the medical time and then $10 gram in the recreation time. The thing is, the beginning, it didn't, the quality and quantity didn't match. I mean, it's still not there 100%, but, and that's because of taxes, because these guys are still fighting against taxes in the recreational versus uh, medical, the tax they, they charge is the the in-between guy that's your tax not the uh nothing else yeah well it's something else uh i just wanted to thank everybody for hanging out with us in another wonderful episode of cannabis legalization news um yeah we had a couple i mean like we did we used to get hundreds but now at least we're getting out there a little bit we're going to get a board that says so many days since we've been disqualified uh and then i think with the, the clips I think we were also publishing too much. And so like that episode, like this episode will have a couple of days to marinate and get further out and more views. So well, it might be better that re- respect. And then if you don't have time to watch the whole thing, go check out the clips show. I think that got confusing. I think we just started doing the clips. So people assume that we're doing shows every day, but it was just clips from our Wednesday, Sunday show or Wednesday show. So, and I really still need to put more content out. I mean, I got so many thumbnails that I've made. I just haven't had time to, actually contribute and just to do lives. I enjoy hanging That's out. That's what with it's people. like, you know, when you yeah. have full-time jobs uh, and then you just, it's nice that we have a couple hours a week to shoot the shit yeah. Um, yeah. and then put this stuff together. But, you know, it's marketing for my, my firm. And then, um, you know, maybe it'll be marketing for your company one day soon. Who knows? Yeah. But what? go ahead and visit us at facebook.com backslash free THC or at cannabis industry lawyer.com. Smoke them. You got them. Smoke them. If you got them. It's, it's. I like money. Yep. Yeah.